Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Ruffin McNeil is going to join us live in 60 minutes. He helps Lincoln Riley run the Oklahoma Sooners program. They got a big win over Texas. They remain high in the ranks of the unbeaten. We'll talk more college football, including with your calls. Right now, it's back to the NFL. And since earlier today, Thin Lizzy was among the first-time nominees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I will say the boys are back in town. And that means the Carolina Panthers, fresh off the win over Tampa in London. And it means our friends from the Carolina Panthers broadcast team, including Jim Zoki. The boys are back in town. How was the trip to London for you, Jim, even beyond the football? DG is always seamless transition being a world event at the football. Congratulations on that segue. <laughs> Thank you. It was, it was, that was a great trip. Yeah, I know you were over there this summer and spent a lot more time than we probably did there. But uh, first time for me over there was a fun trip, obviously. The, great, the game was great. The new stadium, uh, terrific. So I really had a good time over there. Was there a jet lag for broadcasters, or did only football players have to worry about managing the time difference in the long travel? Well, for those of us who do morning show radio, which means getting up at 4 o'clock, uh, I was starting to feel good trying to get up and go to work this morning at 4. So I think I'm actually on Wednesday, my time right now, way ahead <laughs> of you guys. I think it's Tuesday where you might be speaking, but I feel like I'm Wednesday. <laughs> Jim Zoki is with us. Follow him on Twitter at Jim Zoki, S-Z-O-K-E. Zoke, as Mick calls him, a big part of the Carolina Panthers broadcast team. Before we dive into the details of victory and a four-game four winning streak, you, of course, know – that the question of the state, the question of NFL Nation even, is what do the Panthers do once Cam Newton is healthy now that Kyle Allen is 5-0 and as an NFL starting quarterback and putting up numbers that have him in the top five in the uh, NFL's quarterback rating. Ron Rivera, I think, wisely said, we're just not going to deal with that question until we have to deal with that question. How do you paint the rest of that picture? Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting situation. It's worthy of uh, debate as we get closer. Uh, the bye week buys them an extra week to, to get ready for that. Uh, you know, the report was from ESPN that uh, they expect in their report that Cam Newton will practice next week. And then Ron kind of added, well, he's not saying anything about that. But even if he does practice, that doesn't mean that he's in chemistry and in sync with the receivers in the passing game after being out for a while there. So he kind of kicked that can down the road till at least next week right now. Tough game with the Niners coming up. Obviously, one of the better teams in the NFL this year. So, not maybe an ideal situation to make any kind of a change, even if you wanted to, just because of going out west, playing a tough team coming up out of that. Just objectively speaking, what have you seen either in the numbers for Kyle Allen or we all like four wins and zero losses. Some of them were against inferior opponents. But what is he doing right even beyond? I mean, a quarterback rating of 106 is behind only four guys, and two of them are named Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson right now. He's got nuances of the game that really are beyond what he should have for the lack of NFL experience he still has at this moment. And we get to work with guys like Jake DeLome and Jordan Gross and, and talk to Eugene Robinson on Panther Talk last night. Things that, you know, sound simple when you say, but a lot of quarterbacks don't do as even veterans. Look away from your initial target, to, you know, move a safety over, and then make the throw the other direction. Um, you know, this is the way that he moves in the pocket. I mean, there's a savvy about him as a quarterback in terms of footwork, technique. You know, he, he doesn't look off balance when he throws. He's not turning the ball over, you know, in terms of interceptions at all. 
Uh, seven touchdowns, yep. no interceptions. So he's not losing the game. So the first thing is don't lose the game, right? Uh, but the, the, he's doing just what he needs to do as quarterback. He doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady out there. He just has to be Kyle Allen, do his part, and use the weapons. He's got some great ones with McCaffrey and Icy Samuel and D.J. Moore getting more involved with Greg Olson. Uh, he just has to do his part, and I think he's just been smart about the way he's just kind of stayed in that, you know, that nuance of just being himself and not trying to be too big for the game. One of the few things that got him trouble in college, Kyle Allen, at Texas A&M and Houston when he lost the starting jobs at both of those places was ball security, right? And he had fumbling issues even with the Panthers earlier this season. Was it simply something that didn't come up a lot in the victory over the Buccaneers, or did you see him make some high IQ plays or you know, make sure he secured the ball in traffic uh, indicating that you know one of the few warts on his resume is something that he's in the process of cleaning up. Yeah, I remember just him taking a sack in that game and him having two hands on the football as it occurred. So, I mean, obviously it's something that he's been working on, and you can still fumble with two hands depending on who's hitting you. Yeah. But things like that, making that adjustment, as simple as that sounds, two hands on the football in the pocket when you feel it kind of breaking down on you, don't feel like you have to hang in and make that hero play. Just take the sack and move on. And he did. He almost wanted to give like a Bronx cheer, like, hey, he got sacked. He did a fumble. And uh, that was, you know, that's kind of a step in the right direction is you can't turn the ball over. And he took care of it by his technique of just having two hands on the football in the pocket. I know the final score was a lot closer, but I kind of half tuned out when it was 34-10 Panthers very early in the fourth quarter. And for the three-plus quarters that I watched, it felt, even though it was technically a home game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it sounded and looked on TV like it was just half a notch down from a home game at Bank of America Stadium for the Carolina Panthers. You were there. How did you describe whatever you saw outside the stadium, inside the stadium, or otherwise? I did see jerseys of other NFL teams, obviously, but it looked like the Panthers jerseys outnumbered the Bucks jerseys by a wide margin. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, one thing is, you know, Tampa doesn't draw that great when they're in Florida. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And so that's part of why they give these games up, quite honestly. Yeah. It's, uh, they, they get a paycheck to, to not have to have a lower attended game. Uh, so for the Panthers, first time there. But on the other hand, Tampa hadn't been there in eight years, so it wasn't like they were just there. So I agree with everything you're saying. A lot more Panther fans, a lot more interest on our side. And to your point about, I swear, every team, you could have walked that stadium in five minutes probably found all 30 yeah. teams represented. I, my, my favorite one was uh, an old-school Earl Campbell Houston Oilers nice. one, mostly because it looked like it was from then. It wasn't like some new one made to look like back then. I think the guy really had it from back in the 80s or something, in the 70s. But it's just like it was just crazy seeing these fans that are really into the NFL. And, you know, think about it. There's eight teams that are playing over there, so you can't blame them for having every jersey represented because there'll be two more teams coming in and two more after that with uh, two games at Wembley coming up. Jim Zoki of the Carolina Panthers broadcast team is joining us on the David Glenn Show. This is only kind of an historic footnote, but on the TV broadcast, I remember Rich Eisen of the NFL Network when the end of the first half free kick by Joey Sly uh, was underway. Eisen, right. sa Somebody said something like, Londoners are confused right now. And Eisen said, Londoners are confused. Americans are confused. I'm confused because it's such a rarity. Uh, what, what were you guys thinking and saying on the radio side? As I imagine, even some of you guys who do this for a living might have had to scramble to your notes for how all this stuff works. I'd never seen it before, but to his credit, 
Mick was all over it. I mean, from the moment the fair catch was made and Joey Sly came out, he's like, this is it. Like, he'd been waiting his whole life. <laughs> it's, the, it's the fair catch kick. It's the fair catch kick. And he could barely contain himself to spit out all the information about what it meant and nice. what Joey Sly was about to try. And uh, the only thing missing was the Sly to actually make it, which right. I was stunned he missed it because we know he's got the leg strength. And it was strong enough just off to the right. But Mick was all over it. I knew about half of what was going on. And I was happy to defer to, to Mick as our special teams expert on fair catch, free kick, or whatever the heck was going on out there. It was fun to watch. And what a unique situation because I've never seen that before in an NFL game. To me, that is one shining moment for our friend Mick Mixon. I am so glad you shared that because I had heard parts of the broadcast, but not that part. You want to talk about preparation. I imagine Mick just saw that coming, and he started getting all jacked up to share his expertise. I love that. Hey, the You're pit- still talking about it on the plane afterwards, <laughs> all the way back from London. Couldn't stop. That is super cool. If Sly had made it, you're exactly right. I mean, I, I think NFL fans, I wonder what the percentage is. It has to be a large majority. Wait, Pilardi is holding, and yet there's no rush and no snap? What is going on here? Uh, the Panthers statistically threw this 4-2 and two start are well above average. They're top seven or eight in the defensive numbers. They're still not great in the offensive numbers. What did you see in the revenge victory over the Buccaneers or more generally in these four games under Kyle Allen that might still need to get better if the Panthers are going to go from four and two and in playoff contention to something even better than that? Yeah, I mean, everyone's you know, focused on, you know, Kyle Allen is four and zero, and they were only two when he took over. Everything's gotten better to a large degree. The defense is much better than it was at 0-2. You know, Christian McCaffrey's always been good, but you know, you've got you know, Samuel and DJ more into a rhythm and the offensive line has gotten better yes. uh, since 0 and two. So it's it's a combination of things. It's the the ultimate team sport. There's a chemistry of Kyle Allen and everything else that's going on around him there. And you saw what was really interesting in this game, DJ, was they took out Christian McCaffrey yardage wise in this game. He finished with something like sixty total yards in this right. game. He still scores two touchdowns, right? It shows that even if you assign two guys to McCaffrey, the Panthers could score 37 points against a pretty good team and win the football game going away. So that's what's important is that somebody takes away your number one weapon and you still find a way to win that game. It says a lot about just the diversity of what they have. And some weeks it's the defense carrying it like Houston. Some weeks it's the offense. And uh, you can't beat the Panthers in just one way. If you take away one thing, they've got other opportunities to beat you beyond McCaffrey, who's clearly by far their best offensive weapon. Last thing for Jim Zoki, the Carolina Panthers radio analyst. Panthers over Buccaneers in London. They are 4-2. and two. They are in the playoff conversation. They are in an opening week. Remind us what happens for an NFL team. What do they do? What, they, what do they do less of? What do they not do during a non-game week? And then with Cam's reported t- return in mind, remind us, uh, when that actually would start to unfold next week, assuming that report is true, going into game number seven. You know, for this week with the bye week, you know, coach will certainly give them extra days just completely away, especially coming off a long trip like London, yeah. and, and then we come back with a Friday road trip next week when they go to San Francisco. So extended time off next week. They'll get a, probably an early start, but I would say a day they'll jump start ahead with that Friday travel day. So I would think um, – probably get on the field Tuesday, which is normally an off day next week. I bet they get on the field next Tuesday instead of Wednesday yeah. and maybe even Monday to do like a kind of a walkthrough early day next week. So I would think by you know, Tuesday at the latest, we'll know if camp's participating in practice. 
and where he is. You know, what a nice problem to have that you might have too many NFL quarterbacks that can play in the league. So we'll see what happens. Honestly, that is one of my themes for the day. What a good problem to have. I know it's stressful. I know there's mega million dollar repercussions. I, I get it. I get it all. We were discussing it all, as you can imagine, on our statewide platform and otherwise. But it is. There are bad problems in this world, and there are better problems to have. This is one of the better problems to have. Promising youngster and a guy in Cam Newton who's been the league MVP. Jim, as always, thanks for the extra effort. Good luck getting back uh, on East Coast time. Appreciate you <laughs> being on time with us. Appreciate it. Thank you. You got it. Jim Zoki on Twitter, at Jim Zoki. We're back after this. The question of the day lingers. If you were the Panthers owner, David Tepper, or the Panthers head coach, Ron Rivera, if it's true that Cam's practicing next week, going into the trip to San Francisco, you're 4-0 under Kyle Allen. Crash Davis says, don't bleep with a winning streak. And I think there's something to be said about that. What do you do at quarterback? 1-800-849-2761. Meanwhile, the don't worry, be happy theme continues for me on the college football side of things. There's no reason to melt down. It's only mid-October. You have to keep winning. That's what you should worry about. You're worried about what happens if this team doesn't leapfrog other teams and you're left out of the playoff or you're blackballed because you're not in the Power Five conferences. Just keep winning. Eli Drinkwitz's perfect tweet was ULM. And I think he just repeated those letters with a bunch of exclamation points like 100 times. Or how many do you fit now, Darren, it's on Twitter? You can go up to 280. 280. All right, so I, it was ULM. I think there were three, four exclamation points. And then you just cut that, cut and paste that like 28 times or whatever. What Do that math. And what are you saying? You're saying, I know we're going to South Carolina later this year with our undefeated Mountaineers, assuming they're still undefeated by then. I know South Carolina just beat Georgia between the hedges. I know we've already beaten the Tar Heels in Chapel Hill. I know there's a dream scenario where the, we're the 13-0 Sunbelt champions, and we can say, hey, we beat that ACC team in Chapel Hill. And the Tar Heels record, remember, might turn out to be pretty good. That win might get better as the weeks go along. The win over the Gamecocks, if, if it would happen, who knows? The Gamecocks have a win over Georgia on their resume now. I get the dream. I get it. But I get Eli even more, man. Don't worry. Be happy in the bigger picture. You're 5-0. and You have those wins under your belt. South Carolina just got a signature victory that makes the Gamecocks game uh, possess more power points, if you will, for anyone envisioning the dream scenario 13-0 and and the maximum respect that that 13-0 could get. We're a long way from that. Coaches know that. Fans, don't worry, be happy. Coaches and players, worry about who's up on Saturday. And in that case, it happens to be ULM, Louisiana Monroe, for the App State Mountaineers once again the top team in the Sun Belt Conference. 1-800-849-2761. More college football with Ruffin McNeil of the Oklahoma Sooners via the ECU Pirates. Jim Zoki in the books on the NFL, the Panthers, and the quarterback derby in Charlotte. Your questions and comments are invited as well. The XFL draft is today and tomorrow. Many names you'd actually recognize 
have been selected. Training camp is in January for that rebooted league. The season begins in February, just as the NFL will be winding down. Your Carolina Hurricanes are out west because the North Carolina State Fair is about to take over the capital city of Raleigh. Major League Baseball has a playoff doubleheader late this afternoon and then tonight, the Houston-New York Game 3. Pivotal, if you will, is a fascinating matchup between Garrett Cole, starter for the Astros, and the hard-hitting Yankees, 1-800-849-2761. We'll get into some other things as well. I'm happy to be back in action after Scott Hamilton filled this chair yesterday. You can chime in on anything I might have missed from your best and worst of the weekend edition of today of our program yesterday. More on Cam Newton and Kyle Allen. More on good problems to have versus bad problems to have in college football and the NFL. And that's with your calls, one 800 849-2761. Glad you're with us on the David Glenn Show. Don't worry, be happy now. If my low and away curve that barely paints the black so frequently that nobody can hit it, you're going to tell me I got to throw change-ups, fastballs, and sliders all the time? Oh, it's too difficult to hit TTG's <laughs> low and away curveball. Wah, 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 wah. You're listening to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Ruffin McNeil from the Oklahoma Sooners via the ECU Pirates. That's about 20, 35 minutes away. Jim Zoki of the Panthers in the books. Rod Gilmore of ESPN on college football. Those sports plus Major League Baseball, the XFL draft, the Carolina Hurricanes road trip. Yes, they're still one of the hottest teams in hockey at 5-1. and one. That is the second-best record in the NHL. I'm back from the golf course, the Legends of Golf, and the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame event. We're taking your calls, including on the question of the day. If you're David Tepper, who owns the Panthers, or Ron Rivera, who coaches them, what do you do at quarterback? Earlier today, we played Crash Davis's advice. Don't bleep with a winning streak. Never f with a winning streak. Well put. I believe he was conversing there with Nuke Lelouch in that famous movie, one of our all-time favorites. As we come to Stephen Apex, Paul in Wilmington, Brian in High Point, and others who want in on the question of the day or other football or other headlines of the day. And as we celebrate today's 16 artists nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Darren, challenge to you. Today, find a good Thin Lizzy song for bump music. Two best, I mentioned one with Jim Zoki. The boys are back in town. Jail, jailbreak would be, I would say, their other top two all-time performance. Great guitar riff right at the very beginning. If you, one day this week, want to make the entire serving of Bump Music offerings just Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees you do it 2020 every You know that's in the plan. You have Dave Matthews Band, Pat Benatar, Doobie Brothers, Motorhead, the Notorious B.I.G., Soundgarden, T-Rex, Whitney Houston, Thin Lizzy, all of those are, are nominated for the first time. Repeat nominees include Depeche Mode, Judas Priest, Kraftwerk, MC5, Nine Inch Nails, Shaka Khan, no, I'm sorry, Rufus featuring Shaka Khan, and Todd Rundgren, which means something to me, but probably not most of you. Uh, childhood, lot, very popular in the Philadelphia area where I grew up. Todd Rundgren. Rundgren. Okay. Um, I don't want to work. 
I just want to bang on the drums all day. You <laughs> okay. know that one? Yep, that's yep. a Todd. Ru- that's he's not quite a one-hit wonder, but everybody I think knows that song, yeah. right? It's, yeah. I don't that would be work. his universal hit. Without even knowing what else he's done, I, I know for a fact that would be his universal hit. Yes, 1-800-849-2761. That is your challenge, so you can plug that Todd Rundgren song in. Uh, are you proud of me? I probably know at least three-quarters of those performers. That's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. T-Rex was the big snub as a nominee last year, so I'm glad to see they're on the list. Not sure I know a lot about T-Rex. I'd be weaker in my T-Rex knowledge than Pat Benatar. I mean, we could work Pat Benatar, Doobie Brothers, Dave Matthews Band, and Thin Lizzy references into our Kyle Allen, Cam Newton breakdown all day long. It, it, would, just be, it would just be one after another, right? I mean, Kyle Allen's going to say to Cam, hit me with your best shot, right? Channeling his inner Pat Benatar. <laughs> my favorite my favorite social media response as we come to your calls is, I guess it's viral by this point, it was the NFL promo that Cam did with the little kid, and the little kid kind of talks some smack back to Cam. I mean, what was, how old is that kid in that, in that video? Like Eight, maybe? Yeah. And, and basically... He could be Kyle Allen. Like, he looks enough <laughs> like maybe maybe 15 years later that could have been Kyle Allen, right? Th- there's some really creative stuff being done there. Meanwhile, David Tepper and Ron Rivera have two big decisions to make. David Tepper owns the team, owes Cam 20-plus million next year, and would be wise if he really feels like Kyle Allen is the real deal. If you're ready to turn that page, and I'm not on October 15th, 2019, for the record. I'm not. But if you get to the point where you're ready to turn that page, you could trade Cam Newton. You could cut him at the end of this season and save $19 million in in salary cap space that you can use to pay Christian McCaffrey and other stars who are coming up on big contracts. As we said with college football, there are good problems to have and there are bad problems to have. If you're the fan of an undefeated college football team, you have a good problem. Don't worry. Be happy. If you're the fan of the Panthers, you have a good problem. A promising young quarterback and a veteran who's been the league MVP. That said, you still have to make decisions. One, who starts against the 49ers in San Francisco after your open week? That is clearly one of the best defenses in the NFL. Your guess is as good as mine as to whether San Francisco is ready to just, you know, be the best team in the NFC the way the Patriots are that right now in the AFC. I don't know. But they're still undefeated, the 49ers, and their defense is for real as constructed, period. So whoever gets that start, and I'm assuming it'll be Kyle Allen, even though Cam is expected to practice next week. Again, Adam Schefter and others have reported that by now. That's a test. That's a much bigger test than the Buccaneers, who are more dangerous offensively under Bruce Arians than they are defensively this year. Remember, an injured Cam Newton didn't do much against that vulnerable Tampa Bay defense when the Bucs beat the Panthers in Charlotte earlier this year. A healthy Kyle Allen tore it up. Again, the final score, I think, was misleading. It was 34-10 Panthers five seconds into the fourth quarter. And there was a 99-yard drive led by Kyle Allen in that first or in that game, leading up to 34 to 10. Stephen Apex is next. Paul in Wilmington, Brian in High Point. You will all get to chime in. I'm not in the business of 
asking, you know, DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel whether Kyle Allen throws a more catchable ball than Cam Newton does. I think the reality is that Norv Turner knows the answer to that question. And Norv Turner has coached Kyle Allen into a guy who completes 66% of his passes, hasn't thrown an interception, has seven touchdown passes, and is top five in the NFL in quarterback rating. Before he got hurt last year, Cam Newton under Norv Turner, remember, put up similarly strong completion numbers, some of the best of his entire career. So it's not like you need to stick a fork in Cam Newton. Last time he was healthy, he showed a lot of progress under Norv Turner. Some of you are revisionist historians out there saying, you know, Cam's done. Wait a minute. We don't know the answer to that, but we do know the answer to roughly one calendar year ago, Cam Newton was doing a lot of really good things as a healthy quarterback under Norv Turner. Let's not forget that. That's not five years ago, or it's not the Kaepernick debate, right? Three years ago. It was one year ago before he hurt his shoulder and everything went downhill for him personally and the team overall. If you're Tepper or Rivera, what do you do at quarterback starting next week, even in practice, leading up to the matchup in San Francisco against the 49ers? Steven Apex, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. What's on your mind? I'm glad to have you back because I was getting round up yesterday with your buddy Scott. Thanks, bud. He had, he had put much took Clemson out of the, out of everything that was on the college level. Oh man, I was just making birdie putts. I couldn't even hear that craziness. Oh man, I know you. That's good, Dave. Listen, we, I don't want us to pull a Les Robinson like NC State did. Keep a guy around way too long. You know, let's be smart. Let's take a page out of New England Patriots. Never worry about old school stuff, never worry about draft picks, worry about people that can get you the job done right now. I need to hire people that need to work right now. What does they say? I won't win this. I need people to work right now, not not to think about what might work next week or two weeks from now. I think Cam Newton is just rushing back. I don't think he's 100% ready. He'll tell you anything because he realized what he sees. He sees what we see. And the thing of it is, to me, as far as Kyle Allen, it's his job to lose. I, I, yeah, the bleak, don't mess with the way to speak, I absolutely like that. But that ain't the reason I'm saying that. I'm saying that because even with Cam Newton back, he doesn't have the touch that Kyle Allen. I watch this team. You know this is my team. I've watched forever. Yes. I watch this. I dissect this team. I don't just watch who's, what the scoreboard is and who's doing the runs and who's doing the catching. I watch to see who can make the plays when everything falls apart. And he can do the little stuff that Cam Newton don't have any touch. Not only do he not have accuracy, he don't have touch. Kyle Allen can, can dump the ball. Say this is they scrambling, getting ready to get sacked. He can't run that fast. He can dump the ball over a two-foot, you know, where a guy jumps just right over his arm reach, but yet drop it into a 10-foot radius. Cam Newton can't do that. I'll tell so, you what, in, in a world where there are too many Cam haters who forget what he has done well, and there are too many Cam defenders who just won't admit what he does not do well. I think that was actually a very level-headed breakdown by Stephen Apex because the reality is this. Anybody who doesn't understand that Cam Newton, when healthy, is one of the most dangerous, productive, and successful dual-threat quarterbacks in the history of the NFL is lying to themselves and just hating on Cam for whatever reason, and we know what some of them that reason is. At the other end of the spectrum... Cam Newton has never been a, by NFL standards, super accurate with great touch passer, period. I mean, it's not hating on the guy to point that out. His skill sets and strengths are different than most in the NFL. He's never going to be and never has been, and I don't think smart people ever thought he would be 
able to just drop the ball into the bread basket in the quarter of the end zone time after time after time the way a healthy Drew Brees does for the Saints or Tom Brady with the Patriots. Yes, sometimes Cam does that, but you'd be crazy to ask that to be a fundamental part of his game plan week after week after week when he's healthy. Kyle Allen can make a lot of those throws better than Cam does, period. I don't think there's any doubt about it at this point. Now, if he plays the 49ers, the the degree of difficulty goes up. The Arizona Cardinals had a horrible defense when Kyle Allen tore it up. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a below-average defense, and Kyle Allen tore them up to a great degree. So not all of his 4-0 record this year has come against the best competition. Maybe we learn more about Kyle Allen, for better or for worse, against San Francisco. Again, the Niners' defense is absolutely positively for real. I don't think they would just throw Cam Newton in. But another thing I agree with Steve on is that we don't think, we know that Cam Newton cannot have the final word on his health. Cam has already recently admitted to us he lied about his health to his own doctors and team earlier this year. He shouldn't have played. And he did play because he was trying to be uber competitive. And I'm not criticizing Cam. I want athletes who want to be out there. I just need organizations to be level-headed when they're talking to athletes, 90% of whom will say, yeah, I'm ready to go, coach, even if they're not really physically feeling right. That's what doctors are for. That's why practice matters. That's why you have to put the extra tight spotlight on somebody like Cam when he does get back to practice, again, assumedly six or seven days from now. And that will all go into what the right thing to do is on your quarterback depth chart as the Panthers fly to San Francisco about 10 days or so from now after their open weekend. 1-800-849-2761. Just for the record again, Darren, Crash Davis's don't bleep with a winning streak. When it comes to the superstitious part of that, the David Glenn Show founding principle is that we do not believe that. If I have 100 straight, go, 100 straight great shows, I am just not a superstitious person. So I have, to, I have to respectfully disagree with the immortal Crash Davis on that half. Never f- with a winning streak. When he was giving that sacred advice to Nuke Lelouch in the movie Bull Durham, there was a figurative element and a literal element, right? Annie Savoy was really, really concerned, if you recall, about the literal part of that equation. She wasn't getting any from Luke Lelouch anymore, and she was upset about that. Spoiler alert, it works out in the long run between Annie and Crash. There's a figurative part, and there's a literal part. There will be no marital abstinence in the spirit of superstition, Darren. I just want to be clear about that. There's enough abstinence forced on married men against their will as it is. I don't need superstitious (laughs) reasons to add abstinence to that equation, all right? When When it comes to the figurative part of Crash Davis's sacred advice to Nuke Lelouch, I understand not wanting to mess with the win streak. I understand it. Kyle Allen is 4-0. Cam Newton hasn't won a football game in a long, long time. I don't see a big downside in letting Kyle Allen lead the Panthers into a game against a brutally difficult San Francisco defense and seeing how he can do. Now, watch Cam in practice next week. 
Watch him physically. Watch his feet. You know, the Liz Franck has been the problem in his midfoot. He says he's healthy now, but he also said he was healthy a month ago and he wasn't. So watch him in practice. See how accurate he is. Kyle Allen, at this point, deserves the respect, at the very least, that a backup quarterback in the NFL deserves. Teddy Bridgewater is showing out for the Saints in the absence of Drew Brees. If you're the Carolina Panthers, you have to feel really good about the evolution of your 23-year-old undrafted free agent. That does not automatically mean you turn the page on Cam Newton forever and ever and ever. Let the song play. What is the downside to letting Kyle Allen play, letting Cam maybe suit up, or if he's not ready, have another week to get healthy even after an open week? There's no downside there. The worst teams in the NFL, some of them don't have a single quarterback. When Cam is healthy, the Panthers have now know that they have two. How much tread is left on Cam's tire tires? Can Kyle Allen sustain this start against better defenses with more film against him, better scouting reports that reflect what he's done well and what he's done not as well? There's still some unanswered questions about Kyle Allen, even as we know some unanswered questions linger around that Cam Newton guy. We'll get to your calls more on the other side, one 800 849 2761. Don't bleep with a winning streak. More don't worry, be happy from the football world on the other side. Your phone calls too. 1 800 849 2761. The XFL relaunches in early 2020. Vince McMahon's rebooted outdoor football concept actually held its draft today and we'll so again we'll do so again tomorrow we'll give you some of those names that emerged earlier today as we jump back to your calls 1-800-849-2761 on the david glenn show Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop after this. Yeah, maybe join you in a radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll, but, be, we'll uh, be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> if I have my way. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. One quick thing I promised on football, your calls on Cam Newton versus Kyle Allen and other gridiron action of the weekend. Baseball playoff doubleheader tonight. Canes are on the West Coast. Tonight they take on the L.A. Kings. The North Carolina State Fair, remember, is about to take over the capital city of Raleigh. So the Canes are on that annual excursion. Three of their four games on the road trip will be out West. I think it's Columbus they hit on their way back. October 26th is the next time the Canes will be home. Don't forget to enter hashtag Canes with DG on Twitter. That is how you can end up with either the grand prize of my four on the glass seats to a game early in 2020, or we're giving away this year weekly Canes tickets, including our next mini prize, if you will, will be tickets to those two home games in late October. Just use any Canes-themed photo. Make sure you use the hashtag CanesWithDG. You may be the grand prize winner. If not, we hope to give you some tickets along the way. 1-800-849-2761. Former Ohio State star Cardell Jones was among eight quarterbacks assigned earlier today to the XFL as the real draft continues to unfold. The way they did it, quarterbacks went first and remember it was a while ago the first and only player that they had listed Landry Jones remember he spent six years in the NFL as a backup he's going to be reunited with our recent guest Bob Stoops 
national champion coach of the Oklahoma Sooners, is one of the eight head coaches in Vince McMahon's rebooted XFL, which will debut this coming February. It is very purposefully timed to begin its regular season just as the Super Bowl is over and the NFL goes away, at least in terms of on-the-field action, for many months. Well, training camp is going to be in January for the most part. Games start in February. Bob Stoops is one of those eight coaches. Landry Jones was the only player technically on an XFL roster until earlier today. Do you remember Matt McGloin of Penn State? He has been assigned or drafted by the New York Guardians of the uh, XFL. Aaron Murray played in the AAF. So did a guy named Brandon Silvers. They have been assigned to XFL teams as well. So they're going quarterbacks first, and now they're going to add, each team is going to add 71 players from a pool of like a thousand of them. It's an interesting business model, not just where they'll be on the calendar. I think that is smart as well. But the highest paid players outside quarterbacks are supposedly going to be in the $60,000 a season range. Now, it's not a year-round job, but when you're thinking, well, how are they going to make it work? There's no way anybody can have an economic model anywhere near the NFL. Well, duh. No, they can't. And every other attempt at an outdoor American football league, including the Alliance of American Football, that didn't even finish a single full regular season not too long ago, every other one has just gone kaput. And I think if you can keep your costs down this way, that's an affordable number. If you're Highest paid guys besides quarterbacks are making only five figures. That's manageable because you already have TV relationships. And these are ironed out. The AAF didn't have enough things ironed out ahead of time to get it done correctly. That's part of my summary for what went wrong for them. The XFL, with the power of Vince McMahon's marketing people behind it and his money, already has TV deals in place. XFL regular season games will be on ABC, ESPN, Fox, and FS1. Most of the regular season games will be on one of those four channels. That's big-time exposure. That's not, you know, CBS Sports Network or something that barely is a blip on the radar come ratings time. Those are four powerful channels. There will be other games on ESPN2 or FS2, etc. But even that is not a bad secondary outlet. You have ABC proper and Fox proper on board, and Vince McMahon does. You've got a chance to be the closest thing to a success story in the history of these secondary outdoor football leagues in the good old United States of America. Paul is in Wilmington and wants to chime in on the question of the day. If you're the owner, David Tepper, or the head coach, Ron Rivera, what do you do at quarterback now that Cam Newton reportedly is ready to turn to return to practice as soon as next week? Paul, welcome to the show. Go right ahead. All right, man. Thank you for taking my call, sure. first of all. Yeah. Hey, uh, pretty much you said it uh, best earlier. Uh, you monitor him. You know, during practice, you find out exactly, you know, where his health is at. And uh, you make a decision from there. But like you said, you know, if you start Kyle, there's nothing wrong with seeing exactly how he's going to handle, you know, this pressure that's about to, about to come up with the, with the 49ers. Yeah, that's a so different long. animal, a totally different animal. So you have this week off. 
you have the 49ers prep week. You have that game at San Francisco. And then after that, it's the Titans at home. It's the Packers who are looking good so far this year on the road. Then you have the Falcons who are down right now, but you got to hold serve in the NFC South. By the end of the year, you must know who Cam Newton is, what he still has left when healthy. You must know that as an organization. I don't feel as much stress about deciding where you go before the 49ers game. I, if I'm David Tepper, I must have a feel for Cam Newton's future by the end of this current season. I don't feel pressured to know one way or the other by October 15th or October 22nd or October 29th. I mean, as I like to say, let the song play, and then you can make your decisions week by week if it comes to that. But Kyle Allen has done a lot more than I and most people predicted through his 5-0 and start now dating to last year as an NFL starting quarterback. I appreciate your call, Paul. Let me try Brian in High Point. You're next on the David Glenn Show. Hey, how's it going, boss? Doing great. What's on your mind? Yeah, man, I tell you what, man. Guys, uh, pump your brakes, man. We, we, we're talking about an NFL MVP. Yes. A Super Bowl quarterback. There is no way possible at all that Cam Newton is not the starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers and not the face of that franchise, period. Once he's, healthy, once he's healthy, you mean? Once he's healthy. I'm sorry? Once he's healthy, you mean? I'm talking about right now. Drew, Drew Brees is the face of uh, the um, New Orleans Saints. Is that correct? He's no doubt about quarterback. it. No doubt okay, about then. it. No doubt about it. Cam Newton is the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Period. No other question. I don't even know why Ron Rivera and the owner won't just come out and say, "Hey, man, Cam Newton is our starting quarterback," and then you will. Then, he, then you will. He could have done that. Nonsense. He could have done that. He chose not to do that. And the, the only reason you choose not to do that is if you're not sure. And in New Orleans, they're sure that Drew Brees is plugged back in as a starter, even though Teddy Bridgewater, remember, has helped them to this five and one record. It's not like Teddy's been bad. New Orleans makes it crystal clear on purpose, and the Carolina Panthers have chosen not to make it crystal clear on purpose. And it's because they have doubts about, A, when Cam has lied to us about his health earlier this year, how can we really be sure he's fully healthy and ready to go? And, B, Cam Newton has taken a lot more hits than Drew Brees has. And there is some skepticism about what he has left. Now, if you're saying face of the franchise, of course I agree with you. Right now, Drew Brees is the face of the Saints, as you said, but he's still not starting every week. That's, that's another part of this parallel. Cam Newton will start again this season for the Carolina Panthers. I, I would put a lot of money on that proposition. The details that lead to that, though, and the timing of that, I wouldn't bet on him starting against the 49ers in San Francisco, even if he practiced in the week leading up to that. Beyond that, we have to just go from there on a week-by-week basis. But I don't think the Panthers view Cam Newton with the same exact confidence that the Saints view the immediate future of Drew Brees. We're back after this. Davo Sweeney, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Yeah, How man. are you, man? Good to see you. It's great to How see you. Doing? I saw that you took your family to Italy. It was unbelievable to go to Rome and to stand at the Coliseum that was built in 80, 80. <laughs> Eight zero. The original Death Valley. <laughs> you know, literally. This is the David Glenn Show. Ruffin McNeil has been a human ray of sunshine since his playing and coaching days at ECU. He and Lincoln Riley have built a juggernaut at Oklahoma. The Sooners just beat Texas, and Coach Ruff is next.
throwback Justice League. You know, Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Aquaman. If there was a combine event where you had to talk to marine life, Aquaman is your guy. Zay Jones is dominating the three-cone drill. Aquaman is dominating the talk-to-porpoises drill. This is The David Glenn Show.